This gospel reading throws us into the middle of a debate between the Pharisees and Jesus, or the Pharisees and the Herodians and Jesus. The Pharisees have brought the Herodians onto their side. And the debate makes a lot of sense if you know more about this Roman coin that was used for Roman taxes. On the coin is literally the head of Caesar with an inscription that says that Caesar is the son of the divine Augustus. Augustus was the first Roman emperor who was believed by some upon death um, to become a god. And it's this debate about this coin, this inscription, this image that leads to one of Jesus's most famous say sayings. He finishes the debate by telling the Herodians, the Pharisees, and us, give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to gods the things that are gods. This silences everyone who leaves in amazement before the great teacher. I am thinking about, a lot about this saying in relationship to this um, incredible and terrifying political season that we are in the midst of. I'm also thinking about this saying, give to the emperor whatever the emperor is due and to God what God is due in relation to another reading that I have not been able to get out of my head for several weeks now, a reading that we heard a few weeks ago is the epistle at communion, when Paul says in, in the great hymn, Philippians 2, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That seems to me a, a perfect encouragement for us as we try to think like Jesus does in this reading. Think about what is God's not was it politicians or an emperor's or the president's, to think and reflect in this way. So a story and an idea. One story, and I, I don't remember when I was first told this, but I know I've been thinking about it once every couple of years for a couple of decades now, is the story of Ruby Nell Bridges. Ruby Nell Bridges grew up in New Orleans, and Ruby Nell Bridges' great calling, one of her great callings, was to be the first African-American student admitted to her all-white elementary school in New Orleans. The story is remarkable, and what I remember most about it is what she says about what she learned from her mother during that first week. On the first day of school, her mother drove her up parked the car and walked Ruby Nell all the way through the throngs of, of, of racists who were yelling terrible things at her through the U.S. Marshals, opened the front door to Ruby Nell's school and walked her safely right into the building. A day or two later, Ruby Bridges says that her mother had to go to work and couldn't walk her all the way into the building. And so she pulled up to the school, the throng of racist people, the U.S. Marshals, they were all there, same scenario. And the mother had to explain to Ruby why she couldn't walk her up to the front door. So she said, don't worry, I've got to go to work. The U.S. Marshals will take good care of you. And if you become afraid, say your prayers. Don't forget to pray. You can pray anytime and anywhere, he'll always hear you. And Ruby Bridges says decades later that that's how she learned to pray on her way to school. 
I've never had to pray that prayer quite so dramatically. My life has never been so at risk that I had to call upon God for safety. But that is a prayer for all of us who are Christians. It's a prayer that every day we can remember and just reach out to God and however we need to. Prayer is, is essential to our waking life as Christians, as is eating, as is breathing. Remember who you are and whose you are. Take a deep breath and say those prayers wherever you may go, wherever you may need to be. And that's one way to have the mind of Christ within you, whatever it is you and I face. For God is our God, no matter what anyone else says to us. The second is an idea, and I think this is a vital way too of having the mind of Christ within us, politically thinking about how this world is ordered. In 1948, the United Nations released their Declaration of Human Rights, a groundbreaking document coming out of World War II, and a document that was essential, as we can all imagine, looking back. It was one of the first documentations of human rights being a universal law, a natural law that transcends what any one nation could do or think. It assured that everyone, for example, should have the right to freedom, regardless of race or nationality or of religion. There's a theologian whom I respect named Ian Markham in a great book called The Theology of Engagement. Ian Markham's the dean of Virginia Seminary where Broderick went. And Dean Markham says that this document is, is groundbreaking and really important for Jews, Christians, or monotheists because it's a way of putting into law and coding into law that there is something that trumps national sovereignty. There is this natural law that transcends what any one nation um, believes or is able to do. And Markham gives the example that what Hitler did in Germany was legal, legal within his own country, but it was deeply immoral from the standpoint of natural law and universal human rights. And that's why Markham concludes that this document is a positive step in the ordering of the world for monotheists, and especially for Christians whose doctrine of humanity demands of any ruler that every person, every family, every race, every nationality comes from God, has rights from God, and deserves to be protected in the face of God. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. As we prepare for this lection that is fast approaching, I cherish the words of our presiding bishop who's encouraged all Episcopalians to get to the polls and vote, remembering our baptismal covenant and our values. Bishop Curry says, get souls to the polls. But this reading, give to the emperor or the president the things that are the presidents and to God the things that are God's is a poignant reminder for what the day after the election will be like and the week after and the month after and the years after. God will always be our God. God promises to be with us always, no matter how long it takes us to reach the promised land, that place where there is an abundance of joy, justice, and freedom. And no matter who is elected and no matter who we cast our vote for, 
This gospel reading reminds us that we never vote for God.